0: Everybody and welcome to Comic Lab, the show about making comics And making a
1: living from comics I'm Brad Geiger, editor of webcomics.com and cartoonist of Evil Inc
0: And I am Dave Kellett on the other coast, cartoonist of Drive and Sheldon and co-director of Stripped And
1: this week's hour of comics advice is made possible by your support at patreon.com slash comic lab Oh and man, I, I gotta tell you Dave, I wanted to bring this up uh, yeah. Did you see the Discord server yet?
0: I have not seen the discord server. Although I'm that out. I am Patreon. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to say I set one up for my Drive Patreon folks, and it's it's fun to see how the tiers and the information from Patreon ports over to the Discord servers. Uh, so I know already the functionality. It's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, it's really cool. And uh, and and the conversation started immediately among our Patreon backers. Uh, it, it started right up, and there's already oh, that's been fantastic. Some really, really good stuff going on over there.
0: That's that's all. That's exactly what we wanted it to be. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah.
1: if you're that's a background right. backer, uh, by all means, use part of your reward for for backing this podcast. Get over to Discord and it's a great place to share ideas, uh, get some advice from other peers. Uh, just makes uh, do a little networking over there. It's 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 going
0: to be really great. That's fantastic. So Dave, and, and as a oh, go ahead. Yes, Bradley. Yes. yes. You're buying a house, right? Oh geez, yes. So uh,
1: <laughs> I like remember. I know everything about you. I, I follow both you and your wife on uh, on Facebook. I've got all the deets.
0: <laughs> so what's amazing about that? Like when when someone follows both you and your spouse on social media, uh-huh. and you don't necessarily share something, and your spouse does, and a friend comes up to you and like, "Hey, I'm sorry about the tummy troubles you've had the last couple of days." <laughs> And you're like, wait, what? How did you? What, what? What's going on? Have you been looking at my window? Oh, so, yes. So, uh, remember last week how I had all these grand plans of time management and I was going to tackle 2018? Yeah. Well, it's all going out the window because I'm <laughs> apparently buying a house. So you have that's- a
1: magnetic placard for this one, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God. Brad, I need magnetic uh, placards for repainting every room in oh. my house. That's what oh, I need to do. Oh, know, God. So, that
1: part grinds. Me, I, I gotta tell you, I, uh, I, I think I, I, I scared Scott. Uh, Scott Kurtz came over to visit uh, when he was in town for Pax Unplugged, and we're sitting out on my front stoop, and we're talking, and he says, uh, "Do you think you're ever going to move?" And I said, "No, I, I have every intention of dying here." And part, wow, really, yeah, really, well, part of, there, there's a whole lot of reasons that go into that uh, that are practical reasons and 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 stuff like that, but. The impractical reason is in no way could I ever bring myself to paint and perfect a house that I'm then going to move out of.
0: Oh, I know. You know it feels I mean? like it, it feels like you're getting ready for a date that you're going to take my wife out on, you know, like,
1: <laughs> yes, it's like, Oh my God, I'm going to get this house perfect. And then I'm going to move. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like those, uh, those stories and it's always tragic when you see it, but the, the guy who's in incredible shape and he's out jogging and he drops dead right yeah, then. It's like, what yeah. a waste of being in shape, you know? Oh God. <laughs> so it's like you get your house all ready and then you have to walk away from it. It's like the best it's ever looked. Exactly. And then, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So now here's yeah. my question,
1: because I know I've been to your place, uh, at, at least once for some reason I'm, I'm picturing two different studios. So, uh, maybe I've been there twice, but, but I know that you've got beautiful studio space. How important was studio space when you were looking at possibly buying a new house?
0: That is a great question. So when I bought this house, um, it did not have studio space. So what I did was, uh, in, a, in a very Los Angeles way, I, I converted the garage back behind my house into my studio. And you've probably seen That's it, it has really lovely. Yes. It has it has lovely vaulted kind of uh, it's a high pitch uh, garage ceiling. So um, redid the electrical, redid the heating and air in here, put in a little mini kitchenette, put in a little bathroom, uh, put in uh, my brother and I put in some um, skylights. And uh, it was really nice. Um, We made a really special place out of it. And that was because when I oh, boy, the move into this house, not only were we building the studio, we were filming or finishing the editing on Stripped. And I had just had a baby. Yeah. And so my survival technique that year, in terms of time management, was to get really fat. So that's what I did. <laughs> I went out and got really fat that year because I was so stressed with three huge and you projects. Just ate so that's all your I feelings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Had you asked me at any given time of day, I would have been like, "Why, yes, I will have some in and out, Bradley. Thank you so much. That sounds delightful. They, they, they so, know your uh, voice
1: at the drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, 1 a.m. Hello, David. How are you? Oh, it's been a year, everybody. Oh, Susan. Yeah, no kidding. By the way, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so... so so that move was that move was a little too big. Yeah. So anyway, so this house to answer your question, this uh, this house because I'm not doing strip and there's not four or five people working in my mm-hmm. house. Um, this new studio will be smaller um, and will actually be in the house. But I I think that'll be okay. Question mark. I'm not sure. You're, not, you're uh, like
1: me. I, I mean, I as soon as I got this place, the first thing I did was put up all the original art and stuff that I that I've accumulated through the years and comic book covers. That I got framed that I really liked uh, because you know my wife was like that stuff is not going up in the house <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, and, right. and it's like I finally had a place to put all this stuff and you've got a really impressive collection uh, of original art uh, it, it, do you do you take a look at studio and go nah that's not enough wall space for a studio
0: well th- yeah you know what I hadn't <laughs> oh thanks Brad I had not <laughs> i hadn't thought about that
1: wait hold on do you need to go call your realtor (laughs) thanks buddy i appreciate this well listen i i've got the solution and and listen who's here to help you like friends this guy right here you take all that original art you ship it right over here i still got blank walls i can fill
0: Well, uh, the people the people that come to my studio always laugh because uh, there's all this great original art all over the place, but I kind of ran out of wall space out in the general room. So over the crapper, I have a, an original 1770 Hogarth. And people are like, is that a Hogarth over your toilet? Why did you put a Hogarth over your toilet? I was like, I ran out of wall space. No, so it, it sits over the shitter. So that's where the, that's where the Hogarth is. And that's the sound but, that you uh, make when you've had
1: too much to drink and you end up uh, in front of the toilet. A Hogarth. 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 <laughs>
0: So uh, anyway, so yes, now that you've brought this up so kindly, I'm not going to have enough wall space for all my (laughs) art. So look for Dave Kellett's eBay in about three months, everybody. That's going to (laughs) be. Well, then I I don't
1: want to go any further because I was going to ask what other things went into Deciding, is this a good studio? Like like having a, ne- a bathroom nearby. I, I'm so impressed that you put a bathroom into that garage. I installed a dishwasher and my wife, to listen to me, my wife would have thought that I moved the moon, you know, three centimeters over. I, I can't imagine sure. doing that kind of plumbing.
0: Well, okay, so to be fair, I did a, a percentile of the construction work on the studio, and my brother did the other 99.99%. <laughs> it's
1: good to have brothers uh, like brother. that.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> I I swung a hammer and hit myself in a crotch <laughs> hat half the time, so uh, so when it comes to installing a window or rewiring or doing any of that, it's like, I'm going to call my brother, I'll let him do that, so... Uh, Anyway, but yeah. So as far as designing studio space, part of it is, um, I for the last couple of years I've had a, a couple of wonderful assistants, but it's both unfair to them and unfair to the rest of the family to ask them to use the same restrooms that my family is using, or to ha- you know. So if you're going to have someone in your space, you have to you have to just be cognizant yeah, of that. Yeah, that know? makes sense. So we put in uh we put in a little bathroom. And at the time there were uh I guess at the most, there were four people here working on stripped the the comics documentary. And um and so we put in a mini little kitchenette so that people could microwave or or keep things in a fridge or, you know, make make some soup or whatever it was. And and it worked out great. That's awesome.
1: Well, okay, I, I'm looking forward to hearing the stories as you as you move forward. Uh it'll be it'll be exciting. Sounds like it's a neat place.
0: Yeah. And, and this is the the magnet board is going to get a workout because uh, all those magnets are going to get pushed and pushed further You're back. Right. So that's that's but that's life. You know, that's oh. part of being a professional and, and working is that there's going to be a sickness. There's going to be a move. There's going to be a death. And you just yeah. got to roll with it. Yeah.
1: You know? yeah, there's going to that. That's the that's the button right there to last week's show is that you, there's not a magnet for everything. <laughs> <You> know, there's <laughs> yeah, there's exactly. going to be stuff that comes up that you just don't got a magnet for.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, and just in general, so go the plans of mice and men. You know, like you can you can make the grandest of plans, and then life is like, well, no. How about you lose all four tires on your oh, car? How about well, that? We, you know? That 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 actually happened. <laughs> I, when I oh yeah, oh, really? I, I took the car in,
1: uh, and he's like, oh yeah, none of these tires are good.
0: It's <laughs> like all four of them. Oh.
1: oh yeah, well we we drove our butts off this year.
0: The way I imagined that story was, was you like backing out of a bank with one of those things that's like, do not back up. That's what I thought you were about to say. Well, I I wouldn't put it past me. So, you know what I I love about those things is that no matter how intelligent you are, when you're staring down one of those... I, I always have to do the five second pause and think, okay, my tires are going this way. If yep. I roll, yep, yep, I'm okay to drive. And then you always it, it, go it's go never. really
1: slow and your, your tire, you always rock backwards because of physics. And it's like, really the smart thing to do is to go a little fast over those things. But I always go slow and then my tires rock back right up against those points. And it's like, the geez. <laughs>
0: oh God, oh boy. So we had promised people uh, that this week we were gonna talk about the greatest of uh, of philosophical questions for the people that uh, do what we do, which is Bradley J. Montgomery, Houston, (laughs) Geiger. Why?
1: Why are you a cartoonist? That is such it's 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 an it's an existential question that I've been really kind of rolling over in my mind uh, for uh, ever since you brought it up. And if I go back Well, listen, I always liked doing cartooning. I always like from the time I was super little, I liked drawing and I liked drawing funny little drawings. But I I, I think the real uh, turning point for me actually was in drama Uh, that we had. had, This would have been in junior high school and we had written a play or I had written a play it was for some you know talent show or something like that and it lampooned all of the teachers and it was a star trek parody <laughs> so oh, it like all of oh, the, the, the principal was the was
0: Brad Geiger <laughs> future dater this is great <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah well that's what it amounted to you know it was like uh, here here's captain kirk he, and he's he's the uh, principal uh, and, and all the teachers were different roles on the bridge. And I made fun, very lightheartedly made fun of the teachers. And, and it got a huge response. And I realized that there was no way I was going to do that again. Get all those people and relying on actors and, and hope that somebody could deliver a, a line right. And I, I, I then funneled that uh, creativity and, 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 all that, you know, uh, yearning to be accepted and noticed and stuff like that into comics. Right. And Cause I realized I could do the same thing with comics. Uh, so I, I started doing that, uh, big time. And then at the same time uh, that that was flowering, I was very, uh, very interested in politics And uh, editorial cartooning was my was a huge passion. So at the same time, I'm developing that I'm doing these editorial uh, political cartoons and expressing what I thought was very, very, you know, pithy uh, political thoughts through cartoons. And, and the whole thing just kind of blossomed, you know, it, it, it just, and, and I noticed that I, it, I, I wasn't going to get attention by hitting the home run. I wasn't gonna get noticed. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. oh I wanna hug 12-year-old Brad. Oh. Oh, oh, oh well listen, 12 12 year old Brad had problems. Uh uh my dad was a uh, a small town sports hero. He, he was uh, he, he was he was really great in in his high school and he uh, was a coach uh, throughout the years and a very winning coach and i could not hit the ball for nothing and then when i was very young i took a, I was i was learning how to pitch and i took a line shot to the choppers uh, just a, right after my adult teeth had come in and it shattered it shattered oh. my front tooth and oh no after oh. that Pitchers found out very quickly against me that all they had to dr- do was throw just the daintiest of curveballs, and I was diving out of the batter's box because <laughs> that was a that was a tremendous. I spent hours in the dentist chair as they picked that <laughs> that the fractured pieces of that tooth out and oh man uh, but uh but yeah I, I I was never gonna be a sports hero for sure and this was a way that I got attention you know uh, and, right, and, and it right, was a right. way that I could, I could be special and, and I could, I could really flex the muscles I did have, which were writing clever and drawing fairly well. And, and, and that, that's how it all started.
0: Yeah, and the the interesting counterpoint, and and it's worth uh, saying, is that there's we've all met artists that are like, well, I, I couldn't do anything else. I have to be a cartoonist. I have to be a, a an artist. And I can say to you as a friend that that is that's a falsehood. I know that if I dropped you into six situations right now, especially knowing that you have kids to feed and a mortgage to pay, that you could you could rock out five or six different oh, yeah. jobs. I know it. You could be a TV. You could be a TV writer. You could be an essayist. You could be a journalist. You could be uh, a graphic designer. I I know from what your skill set that you could do all those things. So it's not that you have to be a cartoonist, but uh, don't you find that it's cartooning is like this wonderful marriage of like five or six or seven different hats that you you found in your youth that oh, you love to wear. Well,
1: and that's why. Not only that, and this is something we need to pick up uh, in a in a future show, but web comics specifically fed that need that I have to do a little bit of everything. So not only was cartooning that way, where you had a whole bunch of different things that came together to make that a a comic, but in web comics, right. then you were self publishing and you had to be a little bit of a webmaster and you had to learn a little bit of marketing and you went to comic conventions and learned a little salesmanship and all of yes. that, the, the whole, the whole, uh, from left to right, the entire landscape of business fascinated me, and, and, and I oh, love that. And yeah. the whole, I mean, I get really excited uh, when I teach my class uh, uh, in entrepreneurship. I do an entire day where I do nothing but talk about setting a price on an item. And it's my favorite lecture. <laughs> it got tons of math in it. Scares them to, to, to death. Uh, but it, it, but I I love. I can talk about that for three hours solid.
0: I know, I know. You know, I've, I've talked at great length with our mutual acquaintance and friend, David Malky of Wondermark about how there is a, there is a joy in, in cartooning, specifically as a web cartoonist in that you, your creative bug, uh, because after a couple of years, certain aspects of cartooning become rote, right? Not, not, not deathly rote or repetitive, but just like you're like, you've got it down, I guess is a better way of saying, like you've, you've mastered certain things about cartooning. So it's legitimately fun as a web cartoonist when you can go, you know what? I've never made anything out of die cast metal. I'm going to make this thing out of die cast metal. Oh, you know what? I've never made a magnet before. What's, I wonder what the design elements of that are. Okay. I'm going to make a magnet. Oh, I've never done a book before. I'm going to. And so over the course of these last 10 or 15 years, you and I have made bumper stickers, t-shirts, magnets, uh, die cast things, plush toys, this or that. And uh, like, all of that is such a fun thing to be able to say on your deathbed that you did. Uh, there's there's a great joy that it's all tied up in in your own work too. So I, uh, yeah, you're right. It, that, that's, a, that's an intrinsic part of why web comics uh, feed my soul is that, that aspect of merch, which to someone like Watterson was, was the antithesis of what he wanted to do as a cartoonist. Which, but for you and I, it's a straight through line to why we cartoon, which is our ideas are taking yeah. form in the world. Yeah. And that's and fantastic making to me. You know? directly. I'm not relying on somebody to put my
1: book together and to get that book out there. And I'm not hoping that they're going to put a lot of energy into it. That's all me. I control all of that. And and to that degree, I'm a bit of a control freak. You know, I like having uh, complete control over that.
0: Absolutely. The reason why I react to that is like when, if you were to ask me the question of Dave, why are you a cartoonist? It's everything you just said. It's like, there's a part of me that's an actor. There's a part of me that's a writer. There's a part of me that's a, that's an illustrator. Uh, You know, it's this wonderful marriage of all those three things. Uh, There's teaching and cartooning. There's, there's learning and cartooning. Uh, And so it's this wonderful uh, combination of jobs, but it's also that, uh, and I think I can speak for you on this too, is that as extroverted as I am, you can plot me down with uh, kings and queens, politicians, actors, and I can hold my own. I'm I'm a a good conversationalist, but you give me the chance and I will switch back to introvert and probably cantankerous introvert in about five seconds, you know? So cartooning also appeals to that aspect of me, which we were just talking about, which is that uh, no one can tell me what to do and no one, uh, and for that matter, I don't have to deal with humanity. And I know this makes me sound so cold, but- There's a genuine part of me that loves sitting quietly in a studio by myself, doing what I want to do, drawing, and not necessarily having to listen to the mid-level VP manager of regional sales for the company uh, tell me what to do. You know, so I I love the the isolation, not the isolation. That's not the right word. (laughs) The sort of. (laughs) Uh, the sort of uh off on your own that sounds more adventurous let's make it sound adventurous and american i'm an individualist brad i'm a rugged individualist forging my own path and creativity and business and that's the way i like to look i i i I know
1: i i I know i keep bringing up the same name but he's literally the only person outside of like me and a couple family members that's been inside the studio so when scott came up and visited Philadelphia, he was all excited to come out and hang out at the studio, right? And so he's here and he's working and he goes, just do what you'd normally do. And I go, listen, I can put some music on if you want. He says, I don't care. Just do what you usually do. I go, okay. And I put my head down and I started working in silence Cause I don't, e- I don't talk when I, you see these people, they're, they're doing the, I can't do two things at once. That's- I've tried to offer that as a Patreon reward. It doesn't work for me. I can't talk and draw at the same time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh sorry I'm loving this idea as of that as a Patreon word. watch Brad talk. Yes. <laughs> That's oh, great. Yeah.
1: Dave there's a bunch of people that do it you know come it's called like a live draw you're supposed to go and and they watch you draw and you talk while you're drawing and they ask questions and you answer questions there's people who can pull this off. Uh Scott's really good at it. I've seen him do it. Uh, yeah, I, him, I he doesn't really well, do yeah. that. And so I said, he goes, just do what you normally do. I put my head down. I started working. An hour and a half later, he 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 he's, he gets gets my attention, and he goes, "This is it." <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is, he goes, you do you don't you don't you don't listen to anything. You don't make a peep. And I'm like, no. I, I said, if you want to put music on, we get it's not going to bother me. And if you want to talk, I'll respond. But this is how I work. I, it's, it's completely silent in here, you know? I, I, and, wow, and I like yeah. it. So I, I like it that way. I like being a hermit. I, I, I'm much like you. I, I think there's like a they, uh, term for that, like an introverted extrovert or, or an extroverted.
0: Yes, that's exactly uh, what I we do, are. I yeah. can go out there now. Yeah, my wife
1: if- will have to twist my arm to get me to go out. In fact, I tell my friends don't make plans with me, I'll always say we're busy. <laughs> <laughs> make plans with my wife she'll set it up set the schedule and she'll say hey brad we're going out to the who's its family on uh, saturday night at seven i'll go ah, well all right i'll grumble all the way out there when i walk in the door i'm thrilled that i'm there i'm so happy ah oh, we don't do this often enough this is great and then i get back to my studio and i shut the door and push it all out
0: <laughs> right Yes. No. You have you have exactly described both my career and my marriage, Brad. Good job. Uh, yes. No. Yes. I'm the exact same way. And so, cartooning, cartooning has this this wonderful. Um, this wonderful ability to let you be a super performative public isolationist, you know, and, 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 uh, there's not many things that, that allow you to do that. I mean, to act, to be performative, you have to be, uh, the ultimate, not necessarily narcissist, but, but extroverted out there, putting yourself on the line, you know, directly in front of crowds or in cameras and cartooning has all of that in terms of what it gets you, Mm -hmm. gives your brain, but you could do it in the quiet studio, sitting in a chair, no one telling you to do anything. And it's, yeah. it's delightful. I, oh,
1: what there's a second part of this. Well, let's, let's go back even further. What brought you first to the table? I mean, going way back, what was, what was your first?
0: So the first like
1: thing where you knew that this was something that was special.
0: So third grade, I, um, I found them by the way, recently third grade, I had eight and a half by 11 spiral notebooks, the kind that a third grader would take notes in about, you know, history or literature. And I made four panel cartoons on each page and, um, I have found them and they're not good, (laughs) but I remember I remember I have the strongest memory of showing them to friends and the response. It was a drug. The, the, the showing it to a friend and they'd laugh or they like the way I draw something. And I remember being alone in my room. This is months later and flipping from the first page to like the 40th page. And I could see Mm -hmm. my drawing getting better. And, emotionally at that, that notebook or those the three notebooks from third grade, that's when the spark was lit. And I knew from that point on, oh, I want to um, see these and so then bad. where Can it you really most
1: them in Patreon.
0: Well, in the process of moving, I'll probably find them again, but right now I don't know where they are. Don't. So thank you, Brad. Thank you for reminding me about my move again. Thank you, Brad. I was up on the
1: board to remind yourself.
0: <laughs> you son of a bitch You delightful son of a bitch uh, 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 Way to put me in my place About the maggots <laughs> Oh that's delightful <laughs> oh God, I'm hurting inside. I'm, I'm laughing, oh, no, but I'm hurting inside because it's the no, it's the pain. Like the pain of no, we've all had a move where like, you, and this is the moment. This is the moment that kills you in a move. You, you think you're done. You think you have packed up everything and you have to be out. Like what, whether it's the landlord or the escrow itself closes the next day, you've got to be out and uh, you're, you're about to go to bed at 1am, you've got all the last boxes by the front door, and then you happen to walk by that weird cabinet that you never use in the bathroom or, or the kitchen and the one that's above the fridge and what's you go, oh no, oh no what's in, th- I, I didn't even look in there and you open it up and it's like the Shangri-La of crap that you never use but that has to go into a <laughs> box and you're like oh no, I have another three hours of packing. That's yeah, because, the most- like, the, the, I you get into that cabinet to- and there's a trap door
1: behind it with the even more stuff and, and you end up you know tunneling into those recesses of the house of all the shit that you forgot yet yeah,
0: ex- exactly you you're you're digging in there and suddenly you see mr tumness and he invites you in to help aslan fight the white queen and you're like oh god what have i done why is it why did, did i go in the into this glass in cabinet i should have done <laughs> 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 oh, oh god it's the worst and it's all this stuff that you haven't touched it in a year and a half, but by yeah. God, you got to well, move course. it out because there's somebody else no, to get that the, shit. So it's the rice cooker that your grandmother gave you 10 all years right. ago and it doesn't really work. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just, oh, it's the worst. Anyway. So that's the aspect of moving so, no, that I'm not looking forward to. Let's go from but, that um,
1: to fast forwarding, cartooning past 40. What is it that has kept you being a cartoonist past
0: 40? That, oh, that's because it, it, there is a, there is a difference. Me cartooning at 20 is not the same as me cartooning at 40. What am I on? I'm 44. I'm, God, I'm so old. Um, I'm 48. Uh, <laughs> Oh, my, my, my beloved joke when I'm around my in-laws is I go, Oh God, because I just had my birthday. I go, Oh God, 44. There's no human being older than 44. This is the oldest a human being could be. 44 is the oldest. All my bones are breaking and my whatever 68, 70 year old father-in-law's like, you can see him going, (laughs) you son of a (laughs) bitch. So uh, what is keeping me going at 40? I, I, Okay, not to, not to sound overtly uh, joy-filled, but I, re- I really feel like I'm living my best life being a cartoonist. I, I feel like it taps into all my skill sets for all the reasons that we had talked about. And I feel like, um, you know that quote that Miyazaki said where he goes, uh, someone asked him at like, I think he's 81, 83 now, but someone asked him a couple years ago. They're like, hey, how are you feeling about yourself as an artist? And he said at 81, he goes, I think I'm finally yeah. starting to figure it out. I get that. And I've, start, I've started to have that feeling in the last few years that like, okay, I, I get this. Maybe I'm okay at this. And that's such a counteracting uh, mood from or, ca- or countermanding move from uh, my 20s where I was like, God, will I ever be good at this? I want to be good at this. Oh, I, I just got to keep working at this. So something about my 40s, there's also... Uh, as much as the, the work itself is joy filled and this is the work that I want to be doing and I am living my best life, there's also the satisfaction of having yes. gotten better, yes. you know? Yeah. So I, 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 feel, uh, I feel satisfaction in the way that like I look at a guitarist who is, uh, you know, a couple decades into it and you see just the virtuoso fingers dancing. Like they're not even looking at what they're doing anymore and they're playing, they're playing their mood. They're not the physically playing the guitar. They're playing their mood, you know. They're so good at it now that their body just reacts to what they want to do. And in part, I'm starting to feel that way with cartooning is that I, I no longer, for the most part, say, oh, I wish my pen could translate what I see in my brain. I, I, for the most part can get what I want to do there. Granted. Now you ask me to draw a horse and I'll be, I'll be throwing my <laughs> shoe at you. But, uh, but I, I guess what I'm just saying is it's, it's, it's so much better than me in my twenties and thirties. There's a, there's a joy in satisfaction of, of improvement. Um,
1: I've got to ask you this, but, uh, I've got but to ask why, you? This why are you, why are you going to okay, me? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, the Miyazaki quote made me think of this, uh, this I've been, i took a real nice break, uh, over the holiday season, which is something that you were at the forefront of, uh, of suggesting to web cartoonists, take a break, especially at Christmas, take a break. We, we were, we so, uh, pounded into this mindset of gotta have a new comic up, gotta have a new comic up. And it's important to take a break. And I did, and I took a nice long break. And it felt great. And I've been drawing this week and last week. And do you ever feel like you've forgotten how to draw?
0: Oh, if I take a break, yeah. Um, so when I came back from this break, I was like, "Oh right, the pen moves this way." You know what I mean? Yeah, like the, the most basic man. movement. I'm, I'm
1: Like checking the settings on the Wacom tablet because I'm like, "Did somebody screw with my Wacom tablet?" I, it's not, it, it's not working right, you know. And it and it's like I I I, I needed to hear that because I've been feeling like I've forgotten how to draw this week. Yeah, and and I'm and actually that's <laughs> where my Patreon backers, man, he doesn't even know that he did it. But there was this one guy and I was struggling with, with this expression and he just, you know, like my phone, uh, uh, beeps at me that, uh, somebody left a comment on the evil Inc. Patreon page. And, uh, he said, right. Oh, I got to right. tell you the way you draw eyes. Um, it really is amazing. You really got this down. And I, that's exactly where I was trying to struggle, you know, where I was struggling. And it, it was just that reminder that, okay, listen, I can do this. I have done this. You're overreacting. You haven't forgotten. You didn't have a stroke in the night. You, know? <laughs> you don't smell burning toast. And 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 man, I'm telling right. you. I'm telling. You, if you're if you're a, a a reader or a comic artist alike, do not miss the opportunity for for a couple of kind words to somebody because it literally got me over the hump last night. Just that one nice little compliment uh just it, it, it totally switched uh, from a from a, a bad mental place to a more confident mental place, and I I finished the drawing, and it looks perfectly good.
0: That's delightful. Yeah, no, it's funny how a, a tiny kindness like that, and you know what, I, I was actually thinking while you were, were speaking, I want to amend the way I was saying this because I don't want the sense of satisfaction to sound egotistical. I don't. It's not like I think I've perfected what I want to do. That's not at all what I'm trying to say. Is that? And I think the metaphor is this. You know how in your 20s you're very worried about how you look physically cuz you just want to you just want to find right. somebody that smooches you you know and and so you're like oh i just i i hope i'm looking alright i got to get to the gym and I, and by the time you're in your 40s that anxiety and that fear has Abated somewhat and you just feel a sense of calm. And like one of the things I remember talking to my grandfather in his seventies or eighties was that he, he was just saying that you, you, in your old age, you realize what's important and you realize all the dumb things that you worried about. And I think part of my satisfaction as a cartoonist in my forties is that. I don't worry as much about the dumb things anymore. Like what will, what will my peers think about the way I draw this? What will my peers think about this joke? What will the audience judge me for about the way I cartoon? Right. And it's a version of like, Oh, I hope somebody likes the way it looks. So they smooch me. You know, it's, 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 you just, you in your twenties, you want desperately to be loved and to be singled out and to told you're special. And at 40, you're just much more comfortable with yourself as who you are. And and it's more of a, not a take it or leave it, but but just more the confidence of saying, you know what, I'm not for everybody as a cartoonist, but I'm for somebody. And I'm, in the meantime, I'm certainly enjoying it. And so I guess rather than saying satisfaction of, at the level of my work, because I always want to approve, the satisfaction comes from just a calmness about yeah, who I am and, and, and judging and who I am. and confidence,
1: right? It, it, it does come from confidence.
0: Yeah, a confidence that... Right. If you also, if you do something enough, if you're iterative about uh, uh, an activity enough, you just know you'll get there. So, like, if I don't have an idea at this moment, I know with a little time and a little bit of, of juice in the, the pumps that I can yes. get an idea for within an hour or two, you know, for a comic. And so with that comes a calm and a satisfaction that maybe I didn't have in my 20s. So there's also that as a cartoonist. It's just it's a level of of, uh, not beating yeah. myself up that I used to have, uh, this that I'm really Twitter, enjoying as yeah, an artist. I think
1: just yesterday said that he had a dream in which I chastise him for not working for not starting a web comic. Uh, he, and, and he hasn't had the confidence to do it in, in 20 years. And, uh, and I was kind of chewing him out and I got on Twitter and I said, well, you know, I was right. <laughs> you know? And I said, you do need to do this. Oh, oh, you do need to stop waiting. And if it's confidence, uh, I agree. Confidence is very, very crucial to a, a cartoonist. And once you learn how to fake that, you're set, you know, and, and I, and, and it's a throwaway yeah. line, yeah, but no. I believe it entirely because in those early Greystone ends, I was very much faking confidence Right. If I look back, it's like, nah, you you know, you, you were not on solid ground there. You were learning as you go, as was expected. You know, that's exactly where I, of course, was going to be as a twenty-year-old uh, cartoonist. Uh, but now I'm not faking confidence quite as much, <laughs> you know. Now, and and it shows in your work. Confidence is really important, and if you don't have it, you gotta right, fake it right. for a little bit, you know.
0: Yeah. And also I, I will say this to that to I want to address specifically that person, that man or woman that emailed you about saying, I wish I had done this 20 years ago. Um, my dear friend who, you know, well, Fred Schroeder, who is the co-director on stripped. Is a brilliant cinematographer, brilliant director of photography, um, knows his way around shots and lightings and cameras and, and techniques and is like just swims in the art of film. He's very good. Yeah. He's great. And, um, after we got done with Stripped, he said, you know, I, I'm, I'm finding myself a little tired of cartooning I'm gonna, or, or filmmaking. I'm going to take up my cartooning again. And he set a goal for himself to do at least a drawing a day. And, and he had to publicly post it. I remember that was part well, of it for I've, himself. And I've seen him posting his stuff. Yeah. And I have to say, as a friend, uh, he's similar to our age, but uh, to, to the point of it's never too late to start, he is getting better and better and better as he goes. And I see it getting better. And I'm, I'm really proud of him. And I, I hope that your reader can take that to heart, that it's not too late to start. Yeah. No, that absolutely. If it- it, you know, especially now in your older years, in your twenties, you feel like, Oh, it's going to take me three years to get better. I'll be 23. <laughs> that's so old. But in your forties, you know, you're in your thirties, forties and fifties, you know, that three years of work of steady work it'll go by in a blink and you'll look back and be like, Oh yeah, I'm better at being an artist now, you know? And, and so it's worth starting. And the thing that Fred did what that was
1: absolutely right was he posted it on social media, not because of, you know, SEO or social media, you know, juice or anything like that. But because that becomes a thing uh, that becomes a, a, a you 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 it keeps you true. It keeps you doing it. You've got a reason yep. to do it. You've got yep. a goal. When I started yep. uh, I, I, I my New Year's resolution last year was to walk 30 minutes a day. And the way I got myself to do it was I took a picture while I walked and posted it on Facebook and Twitter and made kind of a comment about it. Oh, that's what that was. Yes. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. And that was a really dumb thing, but it was, it It became like, oh, I got to go out there and, and walk because I got to post my picture. And, 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 in so doing, I like learned things about the neighborhood that I wouldn't have known uh, right up the street. Raisinets were uh, invented by Blumenthal brothers uh, chocolate company and they're a stone's throw from here, and you know I, I drove past it uh, every day. Never took the time to uh, look up what it was, and here it's the birthplace of
0: raisinets and goobers. Dave Right Goobers Oh my goodness Goobers That's What a What a hallmark of Americana That is Uh, If if, For those of you Listening in Australia Brad Geiger has just uh, Shared What most Americans Would consider to be Our finest achievement Uh, Forget forget about Forget about jazz Forget about apple pie Forget about uh, The comic strip What most Americans Consider our greatest achievement Is the goober uh, I think <laughs> uh, but but um, the, the what you did in that photo and what Fred did with his social media with his drawing is that it's that classic technique of when you're trying to establish a new um, a new uh, what's the word I'm looking for a new a new policy of life a new, uh, a new come on help me out a new, new hat thank you good yeah. good God listen to old man McGibbons <laughs> over <laughs> here word. when you're trying I to establish to a, uh, a uh, uh, the highlights for kids crossword. <laughs> 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 oh god oh. oh that's so perfectly nailed it oh god oh my god you Oh, you get past
1: uh, two down goofus and gallant you're done
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god why is the highlights joke killing me oh god I don't know but that's the best oh. laugh I got out of you all day oh my god goofus and gallant the worst drawn oh my good god Oh, wasn't it like, great in its horribleness oh i was so great! By the way, uh, Highlights Magazine still coming to our house, and it's not much better.
1: It's really uh, no, it doesn't. God bless have to the be good
0: clearly. people. God bless the good people at Highlights Magazine, but it's not like they're churning out Shakespeare. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. There's someone out there right now. There's a cartoonist at his desk that works for Highlights Magazine no, who literally no, just dropped his pencil. Like that asshole, <laughs> that son of a bitch. This is my life's work. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, so anyway, the way to before I before I had a stroke, uh, the way to uh, the way to reinforce a new habit is you had a classic idea of you have a triggering event. Uh, you have the action itself and then you have a reward too because and, and and so what's nice about putting it on social media is that I remember even I would comment about wow look at that building in Philly or hey uh, watch out for that guy in the, the sweatshirt he looks like he's going to stab you because it was Philly uh, and uh, so you had a nice and sorry I, I can never not take a shot at Philly I love it <laughs> but, um, but that reward is also part of it which is that um, for the people that draw for themselves there is something to be said for posting it publicly even if you feel you're not ready mm-hmm. Because there there is a a slowly gaining and increasing satisfaction, uh, a reward mechanism that triggers the habit when you're posting it publicly. So uh, kudos to you and to Fred and to anyone else who's starting a new habit uh, and shares it publicly. And
1: they say that if you can keep a habit for six weeks, then you're you're good to go. If you can do it for if once you get past that six week mark, you are you you've established a new habit.
0: And, and as my waistline can show you, I can't get past that six week mark. So that's <laughs> <laughs> week five. I'm, I'm both hands are reaching in the Ben and Jerry's aisle at the, at the local freezer and uh, I'm scooping out the fish food, oh, um, man.
1: Well, now, see, my answer to why I do this uh, at, in my 40s is completely different than yours. Oh, really? Okay, Uh, And 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 it's when I was listening to you talk, it's like, oh, man, he's got a completely different uh, mindset than I do. Uh, Mine, I'm I'm
0: going to I'm going to laugh if yours is I have a mortgage. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: you know what? It's you're not you're not that far off. Uh, So I quit my. uh, So so here's here's the double whammy. That is my life. I spent from 1991 until 2012. Working as a newspaper graphic artist, okay, which is completely useless resume at this point, right? I mean, oh, you can cool. you can say, "Oh, Ali's well, got a big informational graphics," and and I do. I I I can churn out an infographic like nobody's business, and uh, like page design. Uh, like like maybe a magazine design type application? Absolutely. But there's not a whole lot of uh, uh, informational graphics kind of had a nice little bump, uh, thanks to social media recently. So that would be a maybe. But uh, when you look at my resume, it's, it's, it's not very useful. You know, there's not a whole lot of people looking for newspaper graphic artists. And that is the things I did for the last 20 years are all they all fall under that heading. Then in 2012, I quit my day job. And for the last uh, five years, holy shit, it's been five years. (laughs) For the last (laughs) last five years, I've been a full-time cartoonist. I've got to make this work (laughs) at this point because I got nothing else going on, man. I, I do not have a resume that I can shop around.
0: I like how as a counterpoint to my earlier comment that I like, I know you, Brad, and you could do seven different jobs. Well, your counterpoint is,
1: oh, no, I got this. And it's my only <laughs> well, train. No, I it, it, I, it, it's I know that I could do that, too. Like, like, you know, I it, that's my problem. Sometimes I have too much confidence. I think I could sit down and write a damn good uh, sitcom or I think I could be a good essayist. I could I, I think I could do a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, I know you I, can. I, I know for a fact. You but could. but in terms of you know doing a, a resume and, and getting somebody else to believe that it would be nigh on to impossible. I'd have to. I literally have to go into another line of work that very much like web comics. I built independently from the ground up and and made that happen. And, you know, at at 48 years old, I have absolutely no intention of doing that unless I absolutely have to. The closest I came was voiceover work, was was voice acting. And I started putting out feelers uh, about that uh, around 2012 when I was like, okay, I I might need a couple more income streams to really kind of even this out. And the more I talked to people, the more I found out that uh, voiceover work, Uh, is just like web comics. You start the exact same way and you, and it was going to be a five to 10 year arc before I built that to where it needed to be. And I, it was just a simple case of there's no way I'm going to have the time to do that. I better, I better make comics work.
0: Yeah, well, you're raising a super interesting point, which is, uh, hooray, you've become a success in cartooning. Uh, you've got the career you've always wanted. Hooray, hooray, hooray! But then ten years go on, and with the march of time, do we become increasingly less marketable? Yeah, to, to the wider world, and the answer might be yes. Yeah, you might be right.
1: Absolutely. Well, that's what I tell yeah, at comic conventions. Younger people come up all the time. They're like,
0: "Oh man, it's so cool that you're a full time cartoonist." I'm
1: like, "Listen." Uh, number one, and and we, we this is something we can talk about for an entire podcast. Uh, you are not a a failure if you're a cartoonist or any kind of creative person, and you have a day job. Oh Get God, no! Get that out of your head right now. That you know, and you know what? That was the biggest uh, detriment. That mindset uh, did more damage to me over time than anything else. I was obsessed with being a full-time cartoonist. It was the goal. I was not going to be a cartoonist with a capital C until I quit that freaking day job. And, uh, And unlike any other goal that you set in life, uh, it, what happened was once I achieved that goal, it wasn't the finish line. It was the starter's pistol. I was right. working 17 hour days so I could quit my day job. And when I quit my day job, I found myself working 18 hours because I didn't want to go back to the day job. You know? <laughs> yeah. You're not like you're I, not I, I told somebody just this past weekend, I said, yeah, it's great being your own boss. But the problem is I work for an asshole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you oh, wow. know, makes me work nights makes me work weekends this guy's a real jerk Yeah, have family trips he's off writing on the side yeah you're not wrong yeah. uh that's yeah. amazing yeah so uh, yeah i i it's it's interesting though because again i i still wouldn't trade it for the world i, no. I love it well, but that's, uh,
1: that's part of the illness that we share you know i don't know whether it's a gambler's mentality or or, or whether it's the heart of being a creative person uh, or, or maybe a little bit of both, but, uh, it's, it's, it, I couldn't imagine doing anything
0: else. Right. And it's, it's, um, I don't, I haven't thought this through, so I'm going to start this thought and you can tell me where I'm wrong, okay. but it's almost, it's almost like I'm the wrong. there, there, there is pleasure in the pain of cartooning for us. Yeah. And maybe, and maybe that's one of the hallmarks of someone that really wants to be a cartoonist is that there's pleasure even in the pain of what we do. Whoa, um,
1: that's a great way of putting it.
0: Uh, when you find the holistic nature of cartooning from the having to work nights and weekends or, or writing on a family vacation and you're off to the side doing something or, uh, the, the brain never turning off or, you know, constantly having to be thinking about your next income stream, uh, But we love that. That fires us up. And maybe that's part of it is that, you know, my wife, my wife teaches every once in a while at the university level. She's a TV writer and every once in a while she teaches at a university level like you do. And uh, she, I love her for this line. She'll look out at her class and she'll say, all right, um, I want you to think right now in your mind and you tell yourself, are you going to make it as a TV writer or not? And she said, because right now there's one person in this room that says, come hell or high water, I am going to be a TV writer. And the odds are that person is going to do it. Uh, but if you're like on the fence, that's you're not going to be the one to make it. Uh, and and the, because I think it's a version of having taking pleasure in the pain is that that person who's like, I'm doing it hell or high water. They're going to work the nights and weekends and the sixty-hour weeks to get to be a TV writer, and it might take them ten years, but they're going to get there. Uh, the unfortunate, your fortunate flip side of that, though, too, is that there's also the painfully deluded person who's like, "No, I've got to do it. I've got the, I've got the skill set, Brad. This well, that, that is comes,
1: right, for me." I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're saying that because I, I didn't want to contradict your wife. <laughs> but the danger there is that you run into Dunning Kruger syndrome. Where you literally don't have enough uh, experience or intelligence in the thing to know how bad you are at doing the thing. And, right, right and and I'm sorry. We both, uh, uh, I'm sure. Uh, uh, during I, I uh, during I know that I've met people like this. I will bet you have too. Where it's like, oh man, you you got to give this up. This is not ever going to work for you. And 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 those are the people that dig in just as hard as that star pupil in in your wife's class.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the truth is, I don't know. What to say to that person? And I'm 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 saying that haltingly because I genuinely don't know. When they show me their work and they hold it up like a like a gentle puppy that that yeah. needs to be caressed at a comic con, like what do you think? And but they do it year after year after year, and I don't see improvement. And I don't. Uh, and a part of it is maybe it's not my place to tell them to get it up to get to give it up because. That's their journey to make. Like if they, I, I, in the same way that someone, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the answer there is, but part of it is developing the skill set to be a self editor. And that's, it's one of the hardest things to do where you can critique your own work as though you were a 30 person art class with a professor sitting in front of you telling you what's wrong with your work. You have to develop that eye. And for me, maybe it came easier than this person at Comic-Con who's showing me for the sixth year in a row, the same poorly drawn comic strip, but maybe it's going to take them 10 years and then suddenly it'll click. I don't know. But that's uh, that is the heartbreaking aspect to someone who believes it, it, you're you're right. It's a Dunning Cruder thing. They believe without base that they have what it takes to get to where they want to be. Right. You know,
1: and the, and they're convinced uh, the the conspiracy theories that that come up, and they're convinced that uh, oh, know, god, well, that yeah, cool. all these other reasons that they're not succeeding, and it has nothing to do with them.
0: Right. Well, Brad, it happened for you because you started online in 1999 or Dave, it happened for you because you had a couple key links from the right people or Brad, Mm -hmm. it happened for you. And you're like, oh, God, calm it down here, buddy. You
1: know what I tell those people? You're goddamn right. It happened to me because I started in, in 1998. Now finish the sentence. I started in 1998 and I worked every fucking day since.
0: Oh, geez. Oh, boy. We got the We got the kitty cat claws on Brad on that one.
1: <laughs> that one I don't even mess around with because they throw it every now and again. That one gets thrown at. Me. Well, you came in at the perfect time. Blah, blah. No, no. Finish the sentence. I came in and I worked every day since.
0: Well, uh, also the, the other way to finish that sentence is, yes, I, I got online at 1998 and I quit my day job in 2012, you know, like that yeah, a, that's yeah. a significant 14 years of working without Holy immediate crap. and full payback. Yeah. yeah. So oh, well, uh, they, uh, there's so many, I've got to go back and, and
1: uh, keep show notes uh, because with, there's so many tangent. I want to, I want to spend an entire hour just talking Dunning-Kruger.
0: <laughs> Brad, I, I, this is, I just want to get a glass of scotch and cuddle up with you by a fire and talk about Comics all day long, oh, Brad. This is great. Well, uh, listen, so uh, well, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, no. I, I was going to say one other thing, which is that I think one of the versions uh, of that of the expression that my wife was trying to express, which is that it's that old Henry Ford saying, and oh boy, does Henry Ford have a lot of problematic thoughts in his head. <laughs> yeah. But,
1: but I was, um, as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh god, what is he going to say? <laughs> <It's>
0: like <laughs> Henry Ford said. <laughs> yeah, American racism. It still exists. Um, so, uh, no Henry Ford, also a terrible human being, but he had this great pithy quote that, uh, that whether you can, whether you think you can or you can't, you are right. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's a great summary of, of basically the attitude you have to cultivate towards making your career work. But then Henry Ford also said a bunch of terrible things that I'm not going to repeat. And, uh, So Henry Ford, problematic, problematic person in history. Let's put it that way. Um, (laughs) So anyway, we are coming up on the end of the hour. We have a billion topics from this show for next week. But I want to say this. I want to thank, and this is genuine. I want to thank the uh, however many people have already joined us on Patreon. Dude, it's over 55. Uh, yeah, exactly. And we've only had one show in the can. And yeah. here's why I want to thank the people uh, backing us on Patreon. We really want to make this where we can pay an editor to clean up this audio, make it sound great. And frankly, uh, Brad and I could care less about making uh, income from, from Comic Lab. But if it's self-sustaining. Speak if it, for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding.
1: Go back to being genuine. I couldn't resist doing that. I'm sorry. Go
0: back. I'll, I'll cut
1: that out. I'll do the editing.
0: <laughs> no, that. That's amazing. Uh, no, so uh, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. I'm buying a house, so we're very happy. rethink that. Get some more wall space. <laughs> No, but uh, the idea that it could be self-sustaining is delightful because so much of uh, of of asking, I, I do not want to ask an editor to do this for free. And I do not, I am I am I'm not savvy enough or good enough at, at audio engineering to make this sound as good as it could. So I want to thank you guys for for joining us at uh, patreon.com slash comic lab because that support is going to make this show awesome. And it's already making the show. Awesome. We've already started uh, interviewing uh, editors because we think we're on the right path. So yeah. it's
1: great. Yeah, and the Discord chat, like I said has already taken off like wildfire so get out there patreon.com slash comic lab you've been listening to comic lab the show about making comics and making a living from comics
0: your hosts have been Brad Geiger the editor of webcomics.com and cartoonist of evil ink at evil-comic.com
1: and Dave Kellett co-director of Stripped and cartoonist of Sheldon at sheldoncomics.com and drive at drivecomic.com
0: The Comic Lab theme song is used with permission from Andy Creighton at theworldrecord.net.
1: And Comic Lab is made possible by your generous support on patreon.com slash comic lab, so we'll go ahead and say that twice, patreon.com slash comic lab.